This is the Ali Le Rouge podcast on the Blood Red channel, bringing you the view from the terraces at Liverpool FC. Welcome to another Ali Le Rouge, when we'll attempt to wake you all up from the international break boredom. Regular guest Steve Mono Monaghan and Keith Colvin join me, and we've got special guest here, uh, author and journalist Simon Hughes. So, how have you been coping with this international? It seems like ages since we last played Wolves. I look back at the, it seemed weeks ago, but it, it literally is weeks ago. It was the 15th of March, but it seems like a long time, doesn't especially in lockdown. I mean, how have you been coping, Mono? Well, obviously, the, the two games uh, that we had prior to the breakdown, you know, we, we got the, the results that we wanted. And hopefully it put us in good stead for the uh, for the forthcoming games. You know, they've had a, they've had a chance now to uh, get to get together a bit more, the ones who haven't been away. Uh, and hopefully the, the ones who have been away, they come back without any injuries and we'll have a full squad. Yeah, yeah. So what have you, have you been... Spending your time walking the dog. You haven't got a dog, have you? But have you been doing going out to the beach? Uh, like I, I I haven't been too well at the, recently, so I was just getting over there. Me slight illness, and then uh, oh, right, yeah. okay. Uh, ready to go now. Yeah, can't wait. Brilliant, Keith. Have you been coping? Um, doing all kinds of work in the house because I'm furloughed <laughs> at the same time as well. So it's not it hasn't been the best. Well, it's not the best of time. You just got to get on with it. But yeah. I've just been keeping myself busy, mate. Um, yeah. I've watched a bit of the international football, but it's not the best, is it? To be honest, yeah. with No, I mean, Simon, have you have you been taking a keen interest in international football? You don't yeah. look like the type of person that would do that. Keen, but obviously, as, as your job as a journalist, you've got to, haven't you? Keen interest is is, is uh, probably not the right description. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I've, I've sort of... I've got to keep my hands in because I've been assigned Holland for the Euros in terms oh, right. of my working responsibilities. So I've got to keep an eye on how they're doing. And, um, you know, I'm a bit like uh, King Midas in reverse because every time I get involved with something like that, they always turn to turn to crap quite quickly. Um, <laughs> and, well, uh, beat, yeah. didn't, didn't they beat Gibraltar the other night? 7 mil or something? Great results against the mighty Gibraltar. So, um, <laughs> so yeah, yeah. The, 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 when, when I was first given that task, Ronald Koeman was managing and and um, and Virgil van Dijk was the captain, and they were like fancied to win the Euros, and suddenly yeah. they was in a bit of bit of bit of trouble now. So, um, yeah, it could be an interesting summer with them. But to, to, to tell you the truth, I haven't watched a great deal of footy the last couple of weeks. I've just been using it as a in terms of watching and stuff as an opportunity to sort of break free from it, but. Work has been pretty relentless, nevertheless. But I don't want to start complaining. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, we, you must have you must have seen some of the goals. I mean, Mono, did you see Jota's header goals? They were they were superb, weren't they, for Portugal? Yeah, it's great to see him back on form again after he's come back from his injury. Uh, it's just what we need, isn't it? You know, to take us yeah. into the, these games coming up in uh, on Saturday night and and then uh, next week in in Spain. Yeah, I mean, Keith, have you, have you, did you manage? I mean, I'm not going to say I, I watched many games, but I did watch the uh, Israel Scotland game. Thought yeah. it was a decent game, you know. Um, Simon, did you did you see that? I didn't see that game. The only the only bit that I saw I saw Spain um, Spain against Georgia. It was quite interesting actually because Luis Enrique was was talking about the problems that Spain have and sort of indicating the. He's going to pick a lot of players based on form this year. You know, like in terms of 
in the past, you know, maybe break away from some of the players who, who sort of served them, served them quite well in the past. And I think that's a lot because of the unusual circumstances of the pandemic. And it sort yeah, of ties yeah. into it ties into why Trent Trent's been left out of England. Really, I think Southgate seems to be going down the same route. You know, the, yeah. the pandemic's had such an effect on quite a lot. Although I can't understand his, his reasons, some of his reasons behind Alexander Arnold. It, it seems like generally. I think you know a lot more managers of nations are going to start picking according to who's in form and who's fit because yeah, yeah, fitness is all over the place still. I think at the moment, isn't it? Mm. Keith, did you have you been able to see any of the games or have you spotted any centre backs that might be on Liverpool's radar, which our scouting team haven't been linked with? Uh, no, I haven't. Been, I haven't watched many. I have seen a bit of that uh, Kabak when he when he beat. I can't remember. He beat three 0 in the first game. It was Holland, was Holland? it? Yeah. yeah, yeah. And he seen. He had. He had, had an half decent game. Actually, didn't watch it all. Yeah. Uh, but I haven't watched it. I haven't watched much of the game to be totally honest with you, because it's it's not my my uh, cup of tea international football. To be totally honest with you, because yeah. you know, unlike most Liverpool fans, all you want is your players to come back fit. That's um, it. Yeah. And that's basically that's all I'm interested in. So I've watched bits of it, but not all of it to be honest with you. Yeah, Simon, have you noticed any uh, centre backs that haven't been on the radar, or are they just all they've all been on the radar, haven't they? <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, obviously the the Athletic wrote about this week, didn't they, about um, Ibrahima Kanate? I mean, yeah. I, I mean, I, I know it's sort of it's, it's come out of the blue a little bit, but his name has been sort of floating about for a while as like sort of a player of immense potential. Um, I just think with Liverpool, I mean it. I think that you know the, the centre halves that they need are players who are quick and good at one on one situations, first and yeah. foremost, before anything else, because that then allows them to play the you know the high line that they've been so successful with over the last few years. And when you don't have those sorts of players, yeah, it, it creates quite a lot of problems. So I think they're the sort of the, the, the basics that you're looking for. And from what I've been told, like this this Canate is is you know fills those two. Or ticks those two boxes, so it'll be interesting to see um, to see how that unravels. I mean, I, I was told that you know that he was sort of looking to add further up the pitch. To be honest, that that was yeah. the club's priority um, as well, because obviously I think they've suffered this season through a lack of being able to um, to rotate higher up the pitch. So uh, I wouldn't be surprised, you know, if if, if the sort of sort of upgrades on Origi over the next couple of months, but it'll be like you know, a, it'll be similar to a Jota type signing. And, and Keith was saying there, you know, that that um, you know Jota was was brilliant again for Portugal. I mean, I think it just comes at the right time for Liverpool his return because they need yeah. they need that freshness, and he, he's shown that already in the games that he's played. I think. Yeah. So we've got a massive game on uh, Saturday. I mean, um, you know, would you, I mean, bear in mind that we've got Real Madrid on the Tuesday morrow. Are you looking for, like, we've got to play our full-strength team against Arsenal? I mean, are you saying that, or are you thinking, let's prioritise Tuesday against Real Madrid? For me, it's, it's a tough one, really, because obviously, you know, we we need, we need to sign with as many games now to, to climb off the table. And, you know, the, the teams playing each other as well, you know, obviously like Liverpool and Arsenal. So someone's going to drop points. So we just need to capitalise on on and as take each game as it comes, literally. But uh, yeah. you know, the, you can say the best chances to Europe to go and win the European Cup. You know, possibly. Um, it's it's a tough one. Uh, but for me, I'd I'd go full strength on Saturday. Yeah, definitely go yeah. full strength. 
Yeah. Keith, I mean, you know, full strength. I mean, it's it's we they haven't played together for a while, so you know, it's near, it'll be nearly three weeks, won't it? So you've got to get that rhythm going again, haven't you? So it's full strength for me. What about yourself? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, you know, that, the next game, you know, and also cliche, the next game is the most important one. But the other issue is whether you get any injuries coming back from international duty. Obviously, that may have an impact on the on the team itself. But if there's no injuries and everyone's fit and available, I'd go for the strongest side you can put out. Because if we can beat Arsenal, because Arsenal are a good side. Um, yeah, Arsenal remind me of a while ago under Klopp with Liverpool when he was first starting out. They're very inconsistent, but they've got some good players, mm. um, and it'll be an hard game. So if we can go there and put a good performance on and get a good win, it'll stand us in good stead for the Madrid game. Yeah, Simon, do you think he'll go with the full strength team on uh, on Saturday? Um, yes, yeah, I do actually. I mean, I, I think if this game was coming in a run of other fixtures, he might approach it differently. Um, but obviously they've had a big, a big enough break. A lot of players have been back at Melwood. Um, so there hasn't been that wear and tear, and he, you know they do need a bit of preparation before the the Real Madrid game. That 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 I think the manager will see as the bigger game because it's um, a because it's the Champions League, b because obviously it's a chance to get back in the Champions League, c because yeah. of the the money that can be <laughs> generated from winning in the Champions League, which Liverpool are going to need. So there's those two things tied in. Yeah. Um, but, but, yeah. Sorry. So as Keith was saying, though, it's the inconsistency really of you know of um, of the Arsenal team. But they they have looked good, haven't they? They did uh, they beat Tottenham when they actually um, disciplined Abamyang, didn't he? Kept him on the bench and beat Tottenham. Mm-hmm. And uh, they were three 0 behind against West Ham a few weeks ago and came back through all. So they have got some you know real potential there, haven't they? So I think it's going to be a massive game, isn't it, for Liverpool? Because these always tend to be. High scoring games, don't they, in the past? You know? Yeah, yeah. I, th- I think, you know, on the day, Arsenal got the players that can that can trouble most teams, you know, and I, I think that's reflective of the way they performed in like the FA Cup, for example, over a number of years. They always, you know, they're, they're able to beat Man City, and I know they haven't beaten Liverpool much of at all in recent years, but that's just because Liverpool have been so great. But on the day, yeah, they, they, they can, they can trouble. Most offences, you know, going forward isn't a problem. It's more defensively. I think they've had the problem. So, um, I was I was impressed by the performance against Tottenham. And then you think, oh, you know, the you know they're getting a bit of momentum. And then I know they came back against West Ham, but they still fell three 0 behind, which sort of yeah, again is reflective yeah. of of the way they are a little bit. But it will be a tough game um, because there's a lot riding on it for them as well. Um, so yeah, yeah, it's it, you wouldn't have chosen this game necessarily as as the one to come back into before a massive Champions League game, I'd say. But but the fact that it's at the Emirates is neither here or there, is it at the moment? Because I'd be I'd actually be a bit more worried at the games at Anfield. I think. Yeah. Um, yeah. So there is that, but yeah, I mean, the Klopp's had Klopp's had sort of two or three weeks with the team, so you'd expect like. I know it's difficult to sort of go in flat, you know, from from no not playing at all to a big game. But in terms of the preparation, the organisation, you would expect to be there at least. You, should, you would, I would hope for an organised performance where yeah. a bit like Wolves, really. I mean, I, I thought the Wolves game, what impressed me most was defensively. Like Liverpool, I thought as a team defended well. I know they didn't have Jimenez to to play against, but I, I'd expect that sort of defensive organisation from from this team. Given the amount of time that he's had to work with the players, um, 
you know, I know Kabak's been away and Andy Robertson has, but the goalie, obviously, Trent's been there. Most of the other defence have, have been there. So, yeah, the, the, if, if they can... If they can um, put up a good defensive performance, I'd, I'd still fancy them to go there and get a get a result. Yeah, let's hope it's the best here. Uh, defence at the end of uh, the game down here last season, the end of last season, wasn't it? When, yeah. You know, we yeah. had a few mistakes, you know what I mean, when, yeah. when uh, he was turned over. So, yeah, cut that out. And I think, you know, I, I th- I'm looking forward to it. I think it'll be a great game, me. Yeah. Do you think it's a, you know, have you got any aspirations for um, top four? It's got to be, a, it's a must-win game, isn't it? Well, that's why we said before, Peter, you know, maybe our best chance is to go and try and win the European Cup, you know. Um, but so while we've got a chance of getting top four, if we win, you know, we win on Saturday, you know, it, it gives us a great chance because in the coming weeks, you know, we're, we're, not, we're playing top teams as well, but, you know, everyone will be dropping points in the weeks to come. So, as long as we keep winning and, and, you know, keep challenging, you know, we can beat it. We can, we can definitely get it. But we've got to keep winning games. You know, we, we can't, you know, it's if he's it's definitely no good for us on Saturday. You know, I think yeah. that possibly could be it then. But we've got to we've got to win on Saturday. Yeah, yeah. I mean, how would you you'd expect Quebec and Phillips to line up again, wouldn't you? I mean, how are they gonna cope with uh, Lacazette and Abamyang? You know, it's gonna be difficult, isn't it? It's gonna be a real test, isn't it, Simon? Oh yeah. I mean, uh, I think they've got to go with those two. Between now and the end of the season, now just for the consistency, the, the chopping yeah. and changing has just killed them this season. I just hope that they get away with it. Almost yeah. hope that yeah. you know that the forward the forward players can do the damage and get on top of the opposition and kill games before before they even start. I mean, I I I, I think I agree with uh, Mono. I, I think that they do have to win this game to still be in a, with a chance of the Champions League uh, through through the uh, through the league campaign. But it, it is going to be interesting because I think, you know, the, the, the pressure's almost off Liverpool a little bit now and it's it's turned on to the other teams that have sort of got ahead of them. Um, and the, they are in such a distance. So if Liverpool were to beat Arsenal, I think the only sort of really, really tough game that they've got coming up really is the Man United one away, which could be significant. But all the other teams above them have got to play each other, you know, more in a yeah. more regular way. So teams are going to drop points and there will be opportunities to catch up, I think. But... Yeah, they, I think they do to give them that sort of sense of confidence in the league and remind them of who remind themselves of who they are. I think they need to to go and beat Arsenal at the weekends. Um, I don't, I don't really think a draw would be enough to be honest. Yeah. Given, given, um, given. I mean, it's it's a it's not a it's not a unbreachable gap, but it's a it's a gap that obviously you can't really afford to drop too many points between now and the end of the season. So, so yeah, it'll be interesting to see. Yeah, Keith, we've got to go on a winning streak, haven't we? Really, to have any, you know, aspiration for the top four. Otherwise, it is winning the Champions League, isn't it? Because you know, it'd be unthinkable for uh, for us to be out of the Champions League next season, is it? Financially, you know, for the, you know, for our prospects as well, and also for to keep players. Yeah, well, you know, obviously the old mantra is Liverpool should be winning every game. That's that's the standards he set. And that's what they should be trying to aspire to. And there's nothing wrong with that because they've, they've proven, obviously, in the past that they can do it. Um, so it's just a matter of getting a bit of form together. But I thought uh, Quebec and Phillips played well against Wolves. And I know we've had discussions over that. I don't think they were that bad. Um, and I think, I know Quebec's been away with um, Turkey. But yeah. you can you can see that they've been playing together, I think. And so on, obviously, working together on the training ground because they, they cover for each other and they complement each other a little bit better now. So I think... They've got to stick with them because 
you know, we spoke about this enough times on here now about the midfield being unbalanced because they've been playing Fabinho and Henderson and whoever else out of position to cover in the, in the, in the, in the defence. So you've got to go with it. You, you know, I'd, I'd played them on Saturday. I'd played them against Madrid. They've got to play and get an understanding because who's just, hopefully Van Dijk will come back and Gomez will be back for next season. But hmm. no one knows. And, you know, we haven't bought them at the centre-half really of any quality. You know, we took a chance on these bringing a young kid back from Scotland, eh, sorry, eh, from Germany. Yeah. You know, kid in from, you know, from the German league who was struggling with Schalke. They got a lot from Preston that hasn't even seen kick a ball yet. So they, have, they don't seem to be interested in buying the sense of that. So they've got to give these lots a chance. It's as simple as that for me. But we, sh- we should be able to beat Arsenal, but I, I do really feel Arsenal on an half-decent side. And on any given day, if we're not at our best, he, he could turn us over. Yeah, I can see it being a high-scoring game, of course. Like, but I think, you know, that's the, that obviously depends if our, you know, front three, whoever they are, are, are on blob. And I think Jota's form recently, uh, I think that might just swing it a bit for Liverpool. I mean, I think it's uh, especially coming going away to, with Portugal and getting confidence in the back of the net a few times. It's really, um, I think it'll be a, a thing. It won't be a defensive battle. This, I think, it'll be a f- who's got the best forwards, and I think Liverpool have got the best forwards. Yeah, so, you, you look at, sorry, you look at Tierney and um, uh, I can't remember his name. That, that right back. They push on like our fullbacks. So if our yeah. front three can exploit the space they leave, you know, we we have got better forwards than they got. You know, I think everyone would uh, agree with that. Mm. So it'll be interesting to see who wins that type of battle. Yeah. I mean, Simon Sack is a good player, isn't he? Young player, but yeah, yeah, he, he's um, mm. he's pretty decent, isn't he? We got to watch him, haven't we? I like him a lot, actually. I mean, I tend not to get too excited when a young English player jumps on the scene and everybody starts saying, you know, how good he is, particularly when he plays for the team like Arsenal, which have sort of <laughs> flattered to deceive. If you want me to use that term over the last <laughs> couple of years, but um. Yeah. But yeah, but but every time I watch him, you know, he, he influences the game. Um, mm. He's versatile, um, and I was I was quite disappointed when he signed his new contract at Arsenal because I thought he surely must be a player, you know, that Liverpool would would fancy having a go at. Really, um, yeah. I know obviously, and, and I know he can play left back and left wing, and sometimes cuts in off the right as well. But maybe he sees his long term future at left back because I know he plays there for the England under twenty ones, but. I like them higher up the pitch, me. Like when I, whenever I've seen them. So they, they do have players. They have lots of good players, but it's a bit like Keith said there. It's like sort of, it's not quite clicking at the moment. But when it does click, they can be very, very dangerous as a team. They have got players that you'd, you'd pay to watch all about over the pitch. I like Tierney. I mean, Kieran yeah, Tierney, yeah. I think, is a, a fantastic player who, again, you, you would sort of say, wouldn't be uh, too disappointed to put it that way. If you, if he ended up playing for Liverpool. I remember thinking that when he played for Celtic. Um, but for whatever reason, it just hasn't quite clicked. I, th- I think in the middle of the midfield, that's where they've, they haven't got quite got that balance right. And then obviously behind them, he's, he's chopped and changed a little bit between a back four and a back three. And it hasn't quite quite clicked yet. But yeah, we'll uh, we'll see. I, I, I agree. I think Liverpool's forward line have got... Um, I've obviously got the edge of Liverpool's forward lines on form, and yeah. I'd expect I'd expect Jota to sort of definitely be a starter. I mean, he, he, for me, like he he gives me that same sort of sense of expectation and excitement as Salah did, as Mane did when you know two or three, four years ago when they first joined the club, and yeah. you're looking you're looking to them to go and go and you know sort of uh, 
as I said, influence the game. And he, he does it every time he plays. So he, he's got to start, uh, whether or not Firmino is fit for me. Mm. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I agree with you. Yeah. I mean, if we've got, um, looking at the match officials, we've got Martin Atkinson as the referee. <laughs> is that a ring of no the alarm bells? <laughs> no comments. No comments. Keith, no comments. Uh, yeah, I can't swear. I don't want to. Um, no, but um, I mean, we're going to talk uh, about VAR later, so maybe we leave that to them. But yeah. Martin Atkinson is the referee. Be warned. Alele Rouge on the Blood Red Channel. So then we've got, um, you know, a really Mount Wharton prospect against Real Madrid, and obviously the build-up isn't the same because they're playing. In their training ground, there's no crowd, so it's not the same exactly. But it's still Real Madrid in Madrid. You know, it's still a Mount Wharton prospect, isn't it? And you know, it's just a pity that um, the, the crowds aren't back. You know, I mean, Simon, have you been looking at Real this this year? Have you been following them? Um, Be the honest, honest now. Come on. The, the, honest, the honest answer is, well, no, I haven't. But I mean, since since the um, since the draw was made, I've obviously spoken to a few people who. You um, cover Spain, and I mean, first and foremost, I mean, you know, the the the, the fact that we're not able to go to Madrid just makes me really, really sad. Because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, it's you know one of the great European cities, and I've just got so many happy memories of that city for all sorts of reasons, really, um, including obviously seeing Liverpool win the Champions League there, but I just, I just love the city and love the atmosphere and love the nightlife, love the food and drink culture. It's just absolutely brilliant. Um, so to miss out on that ahead of the football for me <laughs> is a yeah. bit of a blow. But, um, but yeah, Real, um, I mean, the, the, the sort of the message coming back is, I mean, at the, at the moment, I think it looks like Barcelona sort of in the, drive, not on the driving seat, but, 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 Probably just edging it as favourites to win the La Liga title. I think Atletico have got a lot of tough games to come, and have been showing signs of nerves in recent weeks before the international break. And Barcelona, meanwhile, have been on a great run in the league and and been doing well. Meanwhile, you see Real Madrid are a few points behind, but that's what they always seem to take sort of creep up behind you and and uh, pinch, pinch the money from your pockets, don't they, Madrid? That's the sort of team that they are. And, uh, I know, kind of, I mean, people have been um, sort of dismissing Benzema really because of his age, but apparently his form has been excellent this season. So, I mean, that's obviously a concern because obviously we've spoken about Liverpool's defensive problems. But, um, but the one thing is, I suppose they don't have that that lightning pace up up at the top of the pitch, which which again probably shoots Liverpool to some degree. Yeah. So the play will be more more in front of the defence rather than behind them. So. So yeah, I mean, it's not the Real Madrid team of of twenty eighteen. You know, they're all they still got a lot of the players, and they're all obviously two or three years older. So, and they were already a more experienced team than Liverpool at that time. So, I do think it's a great opportunity for Liverpool across two legs. But I just, I just, it's very difficult to predict anything in football at the moment. I think just with the way it is that the lack of crowd, um, both home and away, is 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 something that I'd say favours Madrid over Liverpool, really. Um, you know, I think I think the the fact that they don't have to come to Anfield for the second leg uh, with no crowd is is, yeah. is definitely an advantage to them, really. Um, so we will see. But yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I would I would 
I would always fancy Liverpool over two legs in Europe, really. But I think it's going to be tougher than people are maybe making out at the moment. Yeah, I think people I think there was premature celebrations, wasn't it, when the when the draw was made, you know. Mono, was that, is that yeah, how you felt? Not really, because it wasn't premature celebrations, it was it's the fact that who else you could have got really, you know, if you would have got City or you know, you know, yeah, you could get, yeah. you could possibly get Chelsea in the semi, but I think you would have got them now because Chelsea are, you know, playing playing great football, aren't they? So it could have been a lot worse. I think that was that was the uh, the ethic and everyone thinking, you know, uh, Madrid are not the, not the team of old, as Simon just said there. Um, I think it's this is a 50-50 game, you know, and it can really go either way, you know, bad and the pun, like it, it, it can because, as I said there, you know, Madrid, you know, Benzema out of front, um, he's getting on a bit now, but he probably would fancy chances against our two centre-backs, you know, because he's wildly all you know, player any, you know, um so but going forward we've got our obviously our, our attack, you know, and our pace. Um it won't be the same because it's not the burn about, as you say, it, it's yeah. you know it's in the training ground, isn't it? Um it's but yeah, it's it's another fascinating game, just like the Arsenal one for me. So uh, it's I am I'm like like Simon, you know, we gutted that we're not over there because uh, everything you nailed Madrid there. He should be, he should be a tour guide, I think. He just well, nailed everything. That was our last trip, wasn't it, to uh, Atletico this time last year, really, wasn't it? Yeah. Because, yeah. so, you, know, you know, we had a great time, but, yeah, it's really, it's going to be depressing on yeah. the day, isn't it, when well, you look? Yeah, yeah, but, you know, it's, you know, for the football, like, it's, as you said, you know, um, I think we all missed, as we, we've been saying all along, you know, we missed our fans more than anyone, you know, Every other club can say it, but you know, Manchester United follows it downfield. You know, if if yeah. no matter what the score is, you know, look at Barcelona. You know, last year when we, we turned that round, and yeah, um, yeah. so yeah. so you know, we we will miss um, the crowd. So, but it's intriguing after that first game. You know, to I think to score a goal at least. Yeah, and the last podcast, Keith, we were mentioning you know, it doesn't turn into a Salah versus. Uh, Yo, Ramos, you know, but yeah. I think the Spanish papers have already done that, haven't they? You know, I think I've seen a few headlines like, you know, yeah, uh, they will do it. You know, they're obviously that's a that's an easy headline to write, isn't it? You know, but and you know, there's obviously it's got substance to it, hasn't it? For what happened obviously a couple of years ago, but I, I feel the midfield's going to be important for those. I know it's not about the defense, but because they've still got Cruz and Modric, and there's still two good players yeah. there, yeah, yeah, and they they can turn a game and run a game if you let them do it. And obviously, you know, with Benzema out of front, I've watched, I've seen him a couple of times. I've seen him when he played, I think it was Atalanta, and they played well them too. Um, and Atalanta are on a bad side, you know, they, you know, they're not as bad as as, as some teams. Um, and I think that's why we we got to sort of hopefully get Fabinho and someone else in midfield who can combat that because I think that's where the game will be won and lost rather than anywhere else. Myself personally, yeah, it's going to be massive, that isn't it? I think you know, and also think that you know. Uh, Salah, you know, he has got a he has got a point to prove against Madrid, yeah. hasn't he? In, in many ways, you know, even though uh, there's press speculation about it, really, I think in the back of his mind, he'll be wanting to uh, he'll be wanting to score a world against them only, you know, just, just well, you know, also, just to you know, prove a point. Yeah, but it, there's stories which I emanate all the time about him going to Spain, playing for Barcelona or Real Madrid the next year or two. So, if that's the case, he'll want to prove a point in that respect, um, mm-hmm. if nothing else, for his own sort of um, stature. But he will, you know, we should, any player like that, what happened to him in that final in Kiev, 
should have a, a point to prove and should want to put Ramos on his backside and put yeah. a ball in the back of the net. So he, yeah. he, he, he's got no chance of passing on next week, has he? He's just going to shoot from everywhere, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think so. But I mean, I think the secret weapon might be uh, Jota, mightn't they? They might know. I mean, they'll obviously know about him. But, you know, he's a different type of player that they've faced before, I think. You know, he's he comes from deep, doesn't he? He gets into those goal-scoring positions. He, you know, and he, football intelligence-wise, he's he's different class, isn't he, Jota? You know? Yeah, the difference with Jota is that when he runs and that he, he he'll take a shot on where I love Firmino. He's been brilliant for us, and I'm sure he will be still brilliant for us. But Firmino's more of a creator than for the other people. But Jota is not afraid to shoot, which is a great thing to have because he takes people by surprise sometimes as well. Well, yeah. we said it before. I mean, he's he's our he's our new Kevin Keegan, isn't he? Yeah, 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 uh, yeah. It's you know, it's it's both those games are both. I'm really looking forward to, especially after the uh, the break. Uh, Arsenal Saturday and then Real Madrid on a Tuesday. Really looking forward to it, you know. But in terms of um, Ash Simon this now, do you think, you know, what happens to Liverpool in the crisis uh, with FSG not having backup for uh, when, when Lovren left? Do you think, have you got any uh, knowledge regarding that? How did Klopp feel about that? Or, I mean, you've written well, extensively about it in The Athletic, you know, but... It, yeah. What's your good feeling now that that it was a mistake to leave it to the last day of the transfer uh, deadline to, you know, to get players in? Yeah, well, in my opinion, yeah, I think it was a mistake. I mean, I, I was concerned at the start of January. Yeah. Um, I was surprised that they hadn't sort of gone into that period with some sort of, uh, some sort of contingency. Um. Of course, you know, let's not forget January at the start of January, Liverpool were, were top of the league. Yeah. Um, but the form was just just sort of falling away a little bit at that time. They couldn't really afford any more injuries and hey ho, they got more injuries after a bit you know, a, a busy run of games. So I was I, I can understand why FSG would be cautious in this period because as I've written like loads of times, you know, they, they are Liverpool is running in a real economic world, but I do think that sometimes it pays to remember that, that you know, it is a real economic world, but it's not just a business, it's a football team and football team. Sometimes with football teams, it's the, the pesky games that get in the way, you know? Yeah. <laughs> like you, can't, you, can't, you can't just think, well, this is what we've got and this is what we're going to do and we'll stick to it and ignore sort of the basic facts which are right in front of you. And it, it sort of feels like that's how it unravels really for Liverpool. So I think, you know, in the fullness of time, nobody's going to really remember, you know, the the the, the level of injuries they've had. They'll, they'll remember the fact that they didn't go out and do something about it quickly yeah. enough. Um, so this it, it has been a, you know, poor defence of the league title, but I also accept, you know, that defending a league title in a pandemic has never been tested before. No. And it's posed all sorts of challenges for the for the team. Um, yeah. that, that obviously the, the other clubs who've been in Liverpool's position haven't had to face before. So, I mean, I, I do think that from all the noises coming out, it seems like that they are going to back club, you know, regardless of what happens in, in the summer. But it sort of feels like, you know, that, that they've maybe shot, it's a cliche, but they've sort of shot themselves in the foot by being too cautious in the first instance. I understand, obviously, some of the players that they may have wanted. Um 
may have not been available. You can't always plan for the long term. You know, and mm -hmm. I think that's reflected by the, the signings that they made in the end. I mean, it was a bit of a trolley dash the last the last couple of days to get the, the two signings that they made over the line. Um, I just think they should have done that a bit earlier, which would have allowed them the time to bed in as well. You know, more yeah. so, so, I feel sorry for Kabak having to come in and, 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 and sort of hit the ground running, really, because very, very difficult to do that for any player, particularly with the unique demands of playing for Jürgen Klopp. Um, yeah. So what are you so saying, I, Simon? That they had they had players in the in the sites, but they just weren't available in that transfer window in January. So yeah. you know they thought, well, we best not go for anyone, and then at the last minute decided, oh, we've got to do something because of fresh injury to uh, Matip. You know, is that what was happening? Do you think? Yeah. Basically, they've they've always got you know a list of four or five players in each position that they want to go to, but that list changes according to form availability also mm. injury all sorts of things yeah um and i just think i mean at that time it was about number i mean i'm not saying they should just go out and sign anyone but there must be the more you know that i think if if, if they'd have had that i do wonder if they had their time again whether they would have handled it differently and i'd be surprised if they would would say that we would have done things exactly as they've done them because i think it has been a mistake in the season sort of slipped away from the team yeah. uh, very quickly as, as a consequence of that. So, Do you think it um, caused any any rift between Klopp and the ownership in terms of the future? No, no. I mean, it's an open line between Klopp and Mike Gordon. and It's not just, you know, it's not PR, spin or guff. They do, they do genuinely get on well. And I know a lot of people sort of making comparisons between Klopp when he was at Dortmund and Klopp at Liverpool. But the reality was at Dortmund, which was never really sort of told in the fullness at the time, that, that at Dortmund, you know, he felt like he'd lost the faith of, of the owners in that last season, really, very yeah. quickly. And the relationship wasn't great. Whereas I I think that Jurgen Klopp, from what I can tell, in sort of his relationship, particularly with Mike Gordon, that's the key relationship at the club. It's not it's not FSG, yeah. really. It's Mike Gordon. It's Mike Gordon, if yeah. That, if that relationship were to ever uh, buckle, I think then Liverpool might be in trouble, if it, particularly if yeah. it coincided with, you know, I, I don't, I, I, it was put to me that the more, you know, the more Liverpool, um, the more Liverpool are sort of found themselves in the position that they found themselves in, the more you wants to put it right. But he wants to do that because he knows he's got the support of, of Mike Gordon and Mike, yeah. You know, he's got a, quite a unique relationship at same football, quite an odd one in some ways, you know, with a, an owner who's rarely there, but he speaks to, you know, a lot. It's not like he's a, I know that the sort of absentee owners, but it's an open line. I think they speak most days about the way things are. But, I mean, I, I do think that the club have made a mistake, you know, in, in this season, but I, I do think there are some allowances for the fact that they are sort of trying to navigate themselves through uncharted waters. I don't think any, any you know, it, it is like the sort of the, um, yeah. you know, <laughs> operating in, in, you know, wartime football in some ways, isn't it? You know, yeah, I mean, yeah. Alele Rouge on the Blood Red Channel. I mean, in terms of investment, was it the fact that, you know, because yeah. they've been so badly affected by uh, lack of crowds and lack of in investment that, 
they were actually looking for investment before they actually uh, spend more money because we, we've heard speculation of uh, FSG looking for investments in the last few weeks, haven't we? Yeah. Can you shed any light on that? Yeah, this, this predates, well, really, I mean, it's just a, this goes back to, to 2015, 16. You know, even in the, yeah. in the months and the months after Jürgen Klopp arrived, I remember they openly, you know, admitted that they were looking for the term was a strategic partner to come in yeah. and and deliver obviously finance, but also expertise that maybe they didn't have and reach that they didn't have. So I know they went to China to to, to try and see what was what was open there. Didn't nothing came off. Same in the Middle East. Um, and I'm not really that surprised that obviously it's also the, the fact, or it seems like they're going to find a, an option in America, you know, with people who are like-minded to them in the end. Um, yeah. So th- this isn't re- this is this certainly isn't a reaction to the um, to the pandemic. It's so it's been sort of coming for quite a long time, really. But I do think that what they see, you know, and I know like people might see see them on the back foot a little bit, which to some extent they are. But I think that they see sort of opportunity in a pandemic where where the financial landscape is shifting. So yeah, it creates yeah. it creates new opportunity for them. It's quite you know it's quite cynical really, but it was it was put to me that you know they are a growth orientated business. So you know they don't just want to sort of sit on sit on what they've got. They want to grow bigger and bigger and bigger and LeBron James and, and um Redbirds are a part of it a part of this strategic move which will Increase the the size of the FSG empire, and in theory, if they if they make the right if, they, if it's the right proves to be the right decision, make it a stronger stronger business. Um, so yeah, I mean, it, it's not like you know the the struggling financially and the sort of looking at ways of covering shortfalls. It's certainly certainly yeah. not that. It's been a long term yeah project. Yeah, yeah. Thanks a lot, Simon. Thanks for that. Value, very valuable insight. Uh, Mono, are you still there, or are you having a, some sort I'm of? Just, no, I'm, I'm, it was it was interesting to um, listen to all that. What Simon saying about uh, yeah. our owners, like, um, it wasn't not worrying, like, but you know, going back to like, obviously the start of the season when we got the injuries, and then we all thought come January, you know, we will rectify the situation, as you say, but and it wasn't, but it wasn't to be, was it? And then, no. then, then there was the panic by. You know, you know, I'm not saying you know, not against the lads who who be bought like, but we started panicking then, so that we did need someone, and and this is where we are now with it. You know, uh, we've got to deal with it and go with it. But hopefully, you know, in the coming months, you know, in, in the summertime, at the end of the season, when the window opens again, you know, they do uh, back up. Yeah, I think I think Simon's right there. That you know, at the beginning of the year, we were top of the league when we were flying and. We thought we we're going to get through these injuries because that's the way it looked, didn't it? Because our injuries have been there since October, November, hadn't they? So I think it was, I think it was the injury to matter that put the alarm bells for everyone, yeah. wasn't it? You know, yeah. Keith, are you, are you, are you um, pleased with this investment from uh, various people? Uh, obviously, any investment's good investment, but I think you know, going back to when FSG first took over, I know there was. Um, a lot of um, debate and sort of stuff coming over from America, but from like the Boston saying, you know, what are they doing there? They're spending all their money, all, but from Boston Red Sox fans, they're spending all our money on Liverpool. And since the time that, you know, um, is that 
if nothing's been proven over the last three or four years, is the fact that Liverpool is a self-sufficient football club when it's successful. You know, they should they should have been they should see they do obviously see that over what we've won over the last three or four years, and obviously that's come cumulative in accumulation of, of their hard work and the manager's hard work. And I think they've missed a trick a little bit. You've got to speculate to accumulate sometimes. And I think I don't know what the, the ins and outs. Simon obviously knows more than, than any of us in, on here about what's going on behind the scenes at Liverpool. But you know, you heard a lot of stories that Klopp wasn't happy that he couldn't sign the centre half, and the money wasn't there because of the pandemic and everything else. Now, only time will tell whether that's true. But Liverpool, as a as a as a going concern, is a massive uh, company for want of a better phrase. It's got support all over the world. It's got people who are prepared to throw money at it from all over the world, whether big business or just people who want to put their hand in the pocket and buy a scarf. So the more successful it is, the more the more money they'll make. And that's been borne out over the last couple of years. I know they've put probably quite a bit of money into the club, but they've, I'm sure they've got that back out in some different ways. So I think they've missed a trick a little bit. Although yeah, they've been, you know, they have been concerned, sorry, they have been considerate and obviously careful owners. But sometimes... As Simon said before, it's a football club when all said and done. It's yeah. a football team on the pitch. And obviously, they've, they've worked so hard to put a good football team together over the last five years. And it's a shame that and it's not fell apart by a long stretch, but with a bit more savvy investment this year, even before the, the season kicked off, when Matip left, eh, Lovren left and got a, an half-decent, you know, experienced centre-half in, just to sit on the bench every, and come on every now and again. Um, it would have been... a and a shrewd move for me, though. Yeah, I think it's it's been one of those situations where I think most Liverpool fans, you know, I mean, the 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 investment's great if if they, if they can get investment, but they they were really worried about the relationship between FSG and Klopp, weren't they? Thinking, oh no, he's been denied the money, he's got a cob on, and it, you know, it's it's upset the relationship and upset the uh, dynasty, but that doesn't seem to be the case from what. What, what you were saying, Simon? Well, I think the the important thing to stress is, I mean, this this is an investment in FSG, not into Liverpool. So it's not like Liverpool are going to go out and spend lots of money that they don't have. The, the, the whole economic model of FSG has always been about profit and loss. So, you know, when people talk about Alison Becker coming in, they talk about Van Dijk, those deals were only ever possible because... A, they overachieved in the Champions League massively in 2018. B, they sold Coutinho for an absolutely ridiculous fee. And then people are saying, oh, well, Liverpool have strayed away, you know, from the from from what they, they claim they were and Klopp spending all this money. But he's only spending money that he's worked for. Uh, he's, earned, he's earned the right to go and spend that money. It's not like the huge investments that we see at other clubs. So that is essentially... What I am, what I think that they're going to stick towards, and I think what will be interesting to see this summer is who leaves the club and what money they get for, for those players. Because I think one one criticism that I would have um, last summer, and again, it's not me trying to be smart, but I think I think the clubs that understand what value looks like in the you know in the new economic world and post pan well mid pandemic post pandemic world are the ones who are obviously gonna flourish quickest and I think Liverpool were expecting to get something like sixty million quid for Divock Origi, Harry Wilson, Marco Goich, Jordan Shakiri last summer in advance of sixty million pounds. Obviously none of those players left and the ones that did went out on loan. So had 
had they been successful in accepting bids for some of those players, which were less than they were yeah. going to expect, then maybe they would have had the money to go and spend in the transfer window. You yeah. know, so yeah. I think they're going to have to be sharper on on what value looks like this summer. You know, particularly on the outgoings. Yeah. I mean, that that's before we even talk about maybe one or two of the, you know, maybe one or two of the players who are just you know getting to the late twenties, early thirties. You might go. That's going to be a big PR challenge for them. I, I think because yeah. as soon as if one of if say Salah leaves straight away, people are going to start saying asset stripping, blah blah blah. But the reality yeah. is. All that money that, that that Salah or any other player goes will go back into the club for them to be able to 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 regenerate, if you like. I mean, yeah. I mean, this is they they have never taken money out of the club. It's what their aim is is to sell the club for a massive, massive profit. Well, it's not an aim, but it's what they what they see as as growth is increasing the value of the club. So yeah. if they do come to choose to sell the club eventually, it's gonna be sold for a lot, lot more money than they bought it, which is obviously the case at the moment, you know. Yeah, yeah. It's worth God knows how much more, you know, I wouldn't yeah. like to speculate. But but um so th- th- they're gonna have to act smart again this summer and quick as well. And I think that that's one of the reasons why we're, we're seeing sort of uh I mentioned Canate before from Leipzig. I think they're trying to get deals done quickly again this this summer because for example, he's going to play in the, the European Championships, the under 21s European Championships, and probably, you know, that France are expected to do very well. Suddenly, his value uh, players yeah. goes up. Clubs are going to be sniffing around him. So, I think they're trying to get done, things done as quickly as they are in the summers of 2018 and 19. And they they was they were followed by really successful seasons. So, yeah, I, 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 I think that yeah, I think those wheels are in motion already. Um, but it's 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 a difficult it's a difficult landscape to sort of navigate because I don't think all clubs know exactly what everything's going to look like for them in in the next sort of six to twelve months until they start getting fans back until you know they can start generating revenues through what they sell at the ground and everything else. Mm. It does have an impact, unfortunately. You know, a hundred million pounds is a lot of money. But I agree with Keith. Totally agree. At the end of the day. You know, I think that there was an opportunity there for Liverpool. They were top of the league. I think there was an opportunity at that point to really press home, you know, and 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 you know potentially go and win the league again, which would have created inadvertently further down the line greater revenues. I think they were too yeah. cautious and thinking. Yeah. Also, that part of me thinks as well. Sometimes I think that the. Do you think that Jürgen Klopp is capable of the impossible? Sometimes, I mean, yeah. obviously a great football manager, and maybe we all slip into that a little bit. Think, oh, it's all right. Klopp will sort it out. Yeah. In the day, if you don't have the players, if you don't have the players at your disposal, it's it's it becomes very hard very quickly. And then obviously there were other events happening that month, which made it difficult for Jürgen Klopp to put to sort of potentially, you know, to to. So, you know, I'm talking about the death of his mum, that couldn't have been easy on him. You know, I, yeah, I'd imagine. It must, it must well, it must hard. have been absolutely yeah. heartbreaking, you yeah. know, and I think everyone, you know, everyone's heart went out to him, didn't they? You know, I think mm-hmm. it was all embroiled in that time that, you know, there was the results were poor, the internet mm-hmm. rumours were rife. You know, I think everyone was thinking it's it's all gone pear-shaped after, after a brilliant season last season. So I think now, listening to you now, um, confirming that, you know, um, that, the, that relationship hasn't uh, there isn't a, a rift there you know that's very encouraging it's very mm-hmm. encouraging for the season and can he work miracles can we beat Arsenal and Real Madrid I'm sure we can I'm sure yeah. we can and then we'll look back on the ne- po- next podcast as like 
what we were all worried about. You know, what I mean, I think that's the way Jurgen Klopp operates, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I mean, I'm oh, sorry, Keith. Go on there. Oh, just, just, just a quick thing before we move on, because I'm sure we are it, on on the owners of that. And Sam's 100 right. That Liverpool generate and spend what the sorry spend what they generate to get that 100. And there's no two ways about it. That's what Liverpool have always been under these owners. But these owners over the last since they've been at the club have had a, a tendency to sort of have knee-jerk reactions to certain things when when it goes against them. Um, you know when he was. Certainly, like the one, obviously, a couple of things stand to mind where they obviously went and walked out the ground uh, against Sunderland. What was that, four or five, six years ago, whenever it was? Um, and obviously, yeah. yeah um, and then, obviously, one more reason about when they were going to fail all the staff. You know, they, have, they do tend to do make decisions and then when it sort of they get bad publicity, for want of a better phrase, do a complete U turn. So, I think they've got to be, you know, you know me with the internet, obviously, but they've been. Not lucky because you deserve what they've had to look if it's called luck. They've worked so hard to get us where we are, but everyone knows how fickle fans can be. And if, if Liverpool fans on the internet more than anywhere else turn on them, they could make decisions again that they don't really want to make in respect of spending money. Hopefully they don't do something that they, don't, they end up regretting in respect of spending money on bad players, which we've done over the donkey's years, haven't we? Let's be honest about it. Um, so I just think that is, that's a, a concern with as well sometimes. The, you do change the minds um, when it, when you do get bad publicity, and I just hope our fans hold the nerve a little bit. That's all. Yeah. All right. Thanks, Keith. Mono. Uh, we're gonna move on. Are you still there, Mono? <laughs> <laughs> He's disappeared. I'm still here. Yeah. <laughs> you haven't told that at all in the garden, have you? I'm still here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well. Um, yeah. I mean, we. we Going to move on from the finances because you know, I mean, we can talk all day about the finances, but it puts people to sleep generally, doesn't it? So, yeah. uh, just uh, want to finish finish off, uh, <laughs> finish off. There's a uh, football supporters association's uh, VAR survey, and uh, you can get that on the Spirit of Shankly uh, Twitter feed and Facebook, and it's also on the football supporters association. Um, uh, or their social media as well. I think they've had a massive response to it. I think they've had like 15,000 people responding to it. But uh, if, if people can fill that in and and give your opinions about the, uh, whether the Premier League will take any notice of it is another matter. But uh, you know, let, let's hope that if feelings uh, are so strong that they might do some adjustments at least, you know. I mean, I, I was thinking um, goal line technologies. Is fantastic, really. I don't think VAR should be used for offsides. I think it's, you know, it's it's absolutely ridiculous, you know, the millimetres. And I think hopefully, you know, in the future, if it's just about red cards, maybe, you know, looking at challenges, which might have been a yellow or should have been a red, that's the type of thing that maybe VAR can help with. But I think offsides, they've got to bin that, haven't they, surely, Simon? They won't, though, will they? Well, I, I would I agree with you. I, I think goal line technology has been good because it's quick and efficient. Um, you know, within seconds there's a there's a beep, you know, in the referee's ear, so it it, it works. But I would scrap everything. I hate it. I absolutely hate yeah. it. Um yeah. I mean I, I, I just for me it just goes against the spirit of the game, really, and the flow of the game. And um I mean I, I wrote a piece a few weeks ago. And I felt better after it, actually. I don't know whether I feel, but I felt better since because there haven't been any games of football where I've been watching it and VARs interfered my, with my enjoyments of it. But 
um, you know, it, it, it makes me, it's like, you know, you go and watch a football match and, you know, it, you get that same sort of thrill as when you go on holiday and you get to passport control and then suddenly you see this glum, um, you know, border official who suddenly says, well, actually, we're not going to let you in and have a good time yet. And then so you yeah. get through and then it's a it's a wave of relief. But then yeah. VAR is like having that passport official following <laughs> you around the hotel in the yeah. in the swimming pool when you go to the bar saying, No, let me just check. I just I just hate it. I just absolutely hate everything about that's it. That's and, what you get for voting Brexit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, exactly. Uh well I, I, uh, so you, I you're you're for scrapping it, Simon. Yeah. Mono, yeah, are yeah, you for scrapping it? Yeah. Definitely, it's just killing the game. The enjoyments, the the uh, you know, we 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 how long are we going to go on about this? So you know, every every week, you know, and it's not just us. It's it's, it's every every club. It's 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 getting to, isn't it? You know, yeah, there's something yeah. happens in every game. It's just taking the enjoyments away from it. You know, you, you celebrate the goal and then you you're waiting two minutes for it. You know, or even longer. You know, look what happens. The the water's hot. You know, for us, it's seven for me. You know, it's been. A, and then it come off to the defender's hand, and you know, went yeah. and, oh, that was pathetic. Pathetic, yeah, that was yeah. the worst example of it, wasn't it? Mono? It's, it's, Just... it's not football, it's you know, yeah. it's, it's that it's Americanized television, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Keith, are you uh, yes or no? I think we should have a separate podcast for this, by the way. <laughs> There's not enough time to spend on this, this debate. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm, I'm the same. I, I get rid of every bit of it. Uh, yeah. other, as I agree with the goal line technology. It's It doesn't affect the game at all. It doesn't affect the flow of the game. Um, now, I just, I hate everything about it. I, I noticed on the, uh, the I filled that, that air survey in and one of the questions was about big screens within the grounds. Did he, did he give you the information? Well, the two biggest clubs in the country haven't got any screens in the grounds. Hello. <laughs> so, so how do we, how do we as fans get seated there? You know what I mean. So it's yeah. it's a farce. You know, as you say, me personally, I would love to have a separate debate on this on a, yeah. on a podcast. Well, I think it, we should do. It does matter to be able to answer people joking yeah. about, but no, yeah. I get rid of it all, mate. Okay, we should do. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Thanks for listening to Ali Larouche. Thanks for Simon for coming in and uh, giving us his views and his insights into you know, what goes on in the in the club. Um, Thanks to Mono, regular guest, and thanks to Keith. And hopefully it's going to be these next two games are crucial to our season. So hopefully we'll get uh, a win at um, Arsenal and go to Real Madrid and get a, get a result over there. So you've been listening to Ale LaRouge. Uh, we appreciate all your feedback on social media, on the Blood Red channel for the Liverpool Echo. Thanks very much for listening. And hopefully in a couple of weeks, we'll have uh, big smiles on our faces. See you now. You've been listening to the Ali La Rouge podcast on the Blood Red channel.